50 WROL Boston, the spirit of Boston. A service of Salem Communications. It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. My name is John Paul, the Car Doctor, here to help you with your car problems on this uh, Saturday of Memorial Day weekend, and uh, hope you're all doing well. Uh, It's one of those weekends, there's a lot of people traveling, uh, according to us at work, at AAA at work, uh, we're saying there's about 36 million people traveling, and certainly there's going to be a few of those people that are going to probably break down. And there was a time where people were pretty resilient when it came time to uh, making sure that they were able to keep their cars going. I remember once upon a time reading an owner's manual to a Model T, and it said the things you needed to bring with you, and it was things like bailing wire and a hammer and all kinds of kinds of tools that you would never think to bring with you uh, on a uh, trip today. But people sort of um, have forgotten to some extent how to take care of minor emergencies uh, by the side of the road. And with us on the phone is uh, Walt Brinker. He is the author of a book called Roadside Survival. And uh, it, sounds, it sounds like Walt wants to put AAA in our business. Good morning, Walt, and welcome to the Car Doctor Program here in Boston. Good morning, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, certainly. Uh, the, your book, uh, Roadside Survival, uh, how, did, how did it come about? What, what uh, prompted you to write it? Well, I think it all began about, uh, about 1980 when I, was, uh, I lived in Kansas then. And I, I remember it was Christmas time, and I, I, I saw a woman who had, a, uh, had her, the hood up on her car, and uh, I, I gave her a jump, and, and that's all she needed. And so she, got, she went on her way, and I felt what hit me was how appreciative she was how relieved she was that I got her going again, and also how good I felt doing it. And so I started doing more of that, looking for people to uh, to help. But initially I didn't have uh, the resources or the knowledge to do much more than just give uh, um, jump jump start engines because people had problems besides that when they broke down. So I began over time acquiring skills and knowledge about uh, how to diagnose problems as well as how to uh, fix them and it came to the point where I figured, you know, I need to share this with other people. And so I decided to write this book, which has uh, been out about a month now, which is basically a collection of wisdom and experience from over uh, 2,000 free of charge roadside assists I've given as a hobby. Well, it's, uh, it's an interesting hobby, certainly. And what do people think when they, uh, when they see you uh, pull up and, and you kind of identify yourself as, uh, I, I guess, almost like a guardian angel of the roadways here? <laughs> well, what I basically do is, first off, the assist can occur any place, not just on a highway. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to a parking lot, I look for a hood up. I look for a gaggle of people standing around the car or cars parked at odd angles or a car lopsided like it's got a flat tire. And um, on a highway, I look for a, a car on a shoulder with a blinking light, with the blinking flashers. What I do is I on the, on the highway, I'll 
I'll uh, slow down, and if it, I, I scope out the car as I go by it. If there's any risk to me, I don't stop. If it's, if I can't stop safely, I don't I don't stop. But if I if I think I can stop, and usually I do, I'll whip over in front of the car, back up slowly uh, to the car, so they have plenty of time to see me, and I don't surprise anybody by mm. suddenly appearing on the scene. I get out of the car, walk back toward them with my good guy look on my face, and I say, my line is, what do you need? And that, that kind of gets right to the to the, uh, the essence right there. I say, once in a blue moon, they'll refuse any help. They'll crack the window and say, sorry, I don't need your help. Uh, the police are coming or whatever. And I say, okay, I don't want to argue with anybody. But uh, most of the time, I'd say 90, 95% of the time, they're willing to, uh, to let me do my stuff. And uh, we go from there. What do you think happened to people that it used to be people were pretty resilient, you know, if they broke down by the side of the road, they, I, I remember as a kid, you know, the first thing, you know, probably the second thing I did after I owned a car was buy some tools to carry with me, jumper cables, basic hand tools, um, a little air compressor, uh, even a toe strap, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know, sometimes you just oh, weren't yeah. going to be able to fix it. Oh, yeah. what, ha- what happened to people? It's hard for me to say that, John. I, I don't know it. You know, I guess folks got complacent. They figured the cars got reliable enough, where they didn't need that, or they, or some were along the line. Folks just stopped talking about that, even driver's ed. I don't think driver's ed stresses that very much anymore. Not, not very much. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I think, and maybe it's maybe it has to do with the idea that cars today are. Let's face it, you can almost do nothing to a car other than put gas in it and drive it 100,000 miles, and maybe that's the big difference, the the idea that, you know, there was one time where kind of every Saturday morning you had to get out there and open the hood and check to make sure everything was okay, and you had to tinker a little bit, and today's cars are maybe that much more dependable. Well, they are more dependable, I think. We have better tires. We have more reliable ignition systems, more, more reliable everything systems on cars, and the highways are better, so there's... Uh, you know, if there's more filling stations, uh, mm-hmm. it's the whole system is set up to to help us. But nevertheless, I find that uh, that so often folks just don't have uh, the either the uh, the knowledge or some basic tools on board to help themselves, as you said. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you have is there a, is there a call or two that kind of sticks out in your mind as far as something that. Um, Either you, you know you were you were extraordinarily happy that you you were there, or the person was equally extraordinarily happy that you showed up. Well, there are so many of those, John. I, I couldn't. Uh, I almost couldn't begin to to uh, to uh, go into all. There's so many. There's hundreds of them, literally. But one that sticks out of my mind, which is uh, one of the favorites. I like to I like to cite is when I was in Texas. I moved from Texas to North Carolina about uh, four years ago. But when I was in Texas, I was out uh, on I-10. And I encountered a, a car on the, uh, on the on the left shoulder. It was a great big, uh, very extra wide part of the left shoulder. The guy had a flat tire, and so I stopped and got out. And uh, he had his uh, spare tire out, but it was flat, which is, by the way, eighty uh, percent of the time when there's a tire issue, the spare tire is flat. You can, mm-hmm. I can almost I can count on it. So I put the I put my compressor on the spare tire and got it pumping up. But the problem was that the flat tire rim would not come off. The, the the vehicle's wheel it was stuck to it and I, I tried to pull it off by hand and I couldn't do it and so it occurred to me I had a hammer in my car a, a claw hammer and I just I went there and got it and I whacked the inside rim of the of the wheel a few times and I mean of the rim mm-hmm. and it just and it fell off it broke the bond of rust between the the rim and the wheel and the, the 80 year old man was so overjoyed he grabbed me with a big old bear hug for about 10 seconds he couldn't let go meanwhile traffic is ripping by 
you know, just feet away from us. And uh, so uh, we finished the tire change, and it's all routine after that. But he was so grateful for it. Uh, and uh, when I got home, I, I gave him a card before I left. And when I got home, he got, gave me a call on the phone to thank me again. And later on, his wife called the same thing. And so that was that. That is one of of hundreds that stick out of my mind as being uh, the reason I do this. It's, it, it's such a feel good thing to do it. And as I often say, for me, the rush begins when I see the flashing lights, and it lasts for hours afterwards. Mm. So that, that's that's kind of the uh, what drives me on. Well, uh, it certainly seems to be the case. We're talking with Walt Brinker. He's the author of a new book just out called Roadside Survival. And uh, you're you're right. My day job is I work for the AAA and our uh, our guys were out on the road in tow trucks and light service vehicles and ramp trucks, uh, especially with AAA, where you know we roll up on the scene and it's uh, we're sort of uh, out there rescuing the public. And you talk to the, the guys and a few of the women who do the same job, and they and they talk about the satisfaction they get and the surprise that you know people. Uh, have and even sometimes when we pull up and there's a car broken down and they're not a AAA member, we'll come up and say, "Well, let's you know, let's at least block the road, see what's going on." Oh yeah, we can take care of a flat tire for you and get you, you know, get you off to a safe spot at least, and then right. you can you can deal with it afterwards. And and they're they're thrilled and delighted by that uh, when they do that. What do you think people should? You know, people are there's 36 million people traveling this weekend. What do you What do you think people should keep in their cars? I mean, we talked about some basic tools, but how about just some, you know, I like to tell people there's there's a, a bunch of vital fluids they need to take care of. And like you mentioned, uh, and something we found out, uh, you know, on a pretty regular basis is, um, you know, a lot of spare tires are flat. The big thing, the, the, the most fundamental thing of all, well, first off, three-quarters of the people I stop for have tire-related issues. And that includes uh, no spare. Uh, the spare can't be removed because it's either rusted to the car or they can't find the... The, the, the access yep. to stick the shaft through the bumper is locked. So they can't get it off. Um, the spare is flat or it's far too low or it, or the seal between the, the rubber of the spare tire and the rim is broken because it's been under the vehicle so long it's just no, there's no seal anymore. Uh, they can't find the, uh, the, the, the lug nuts, uh, the, lock, the key to the locking lug nut on the wheel. Oh, sure, yeah. Or, or, or they, they swapped out spares, so now they have a, a rim of a spare tire that will not fit on the vehicle because it's been traded with somebody else. And spare tires are spare rims are not uh, generic. They're they're specific to the vehicle. Uh, the, the lug nuts are rounded. Uh, the the rim, as I said, is stuck to the wheel with rust. Uh, they don't have all the components to their jack, or they don't have a piece of lumber to put under the jack. So if they have to do it on soft ground, the jack sinks into the ground, or it slips, or the car becomes uh, becomes unstable while it's elevated. Or that the tire uh, that their tri- tires are driving on are too old. You can quickly tell the age of a tire by looking at the last. A cluster of, of digits in the uh, in the dot number on the on the uh, on the uh, sidewall. The last four tell you the age of the tire. It, it, let's say it's two zero zero three. That means the tire was manufactured in the twentieth week of two thousand three. Well, the rule of thumb is six years, and the tire is, is likely to blow out at the age of six years, based on whether it's been used or not. Based on age alone, it'll blow out with a much higher uh, chance after six years. Uh, the other uh, 25% besides tires are running out of gas, and, uh, and the combination of running out of gas, the car just cutting off because of a problem with the battery or the alternator or the connection to the battery with the battery cables being too loose, uh, or um, the car overheats or they lock a key out of their car. 
they're, they're, I mean, they're locked themselves out of their cars. So those are the are the are the basic reasons people break down. I'd say five percent of the time, people I I encounter who are broken down require a mechanic. The other ninety five percent does not require a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, jumper cables. <clears throat> people uh, tend to uh, have these skinny, short jumper cables, which are practically worthless. The ones you need to have if you really want to get uh, have any assurance of getting a good jump out of it are thick jumper cables, and for convenience, they ought to be at least 20 feet long so they can go over a car because, as you know, on, the, on an interstate, you can't go nose-to-nose or even side-by-side a lot of times because there's not space to do that. Yeah, you're, you're right. And and the other thing is the, the jump start packs, the portable uh, uh, jump start packs with the 12-volt batteries built into them, those have come down in price so much now. You know, you can buy one for 50 or $60 and keep it in the trunk of your car in case you uh, ever did have a problem. I know my uh, sister-in-law and her husband were uh, heading from uh, Boston down to Florida a couple of years ago, and I said to them, you know, I have a jump start pack that has a little flashlight built into it. It has a little air compressor built into it. I said, why don't you take it with you? That way, at least if you get a low tire or you leave your lights on or the alternator goes bad or something at least you can get at least you can get the car going and off to you know off uh, off the highway to the side of the road or or maybe even uh you know use the use the jump start pack to keep the car running if the alternator fails and uh you know it's, to me it was just a handy little piece of security to take with you that didn't take up any room exactly i i've got one of those in my car uh, which i used to i have separate units for the compressor and, and the jump start and the, mm-hmm. the, the jumper battery but the jumper battery has a plug where you can stick a 12-volt uh, receptacle into it, and that's what drives my, my compressors. But the, uh, <clears throat> the jump start uh, battery, the portable jump start battery, will usually jump start a, uh, a small engine with a dead battery, but not a big engine with a dead battery. It'll do a big engine with a, with a weak battery, but not mm-hmm. a dead battery. So then, uh, then come the twenty foot jumper cables yep. when, when we can't do it with the with the jumper battery. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, all good, all good tips, and people just need to be aware that there's a few things you you just need to think about and and keep those fluids full. You know, keep uh, if you're if you're planning any kind of trip, having an extra quart of oil, power steering fluid, transmission fluid, exactly, uh, exactly. premixed uh, uh, antifreeze in the car is always a good idea to have it with you in case in case something happens and. Let's face it; we can't, you know, we can't go anywhere without, you know, having that handy roll of duct tape, right? Exactly right. There's actually uh, you can buy at auto parts stores tape that's better than duct tape for sealing up uh, temporary sealing up of uh, of uh, broken hoses. Right, too. right. Yeah. The, but the most fundamental thing of all, if you have nothing else, get a good uh, tire pressure gauge and use it. And and uh, you know, start your trip with with a with a with tires properly inflated, and I would say visit your. Get something going with your tire tire dealer when you buy a new set of tires. Set up, sign up for the for the, uh, the 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 periodic inspection and free rotation, because that is what will keep your car on the road. Statistically, I found if your tires don't fail you, you're probably going to be in good shape. But the trick is to keep the tires inspected. Keep uh, pay attention to the tires on the on the highway that are I mean on the on the road the four on the road, and take care of that spare tire. Check it every six months for air. And, uh, but I, like I said, 80% of the time, the spare tire is empty, therefore worthless. So having that 12-volt compressor in your car will, will help you bail, help bail you out in case that happens. It certainly will. We had uh, Dan Zielinski. He's the uh, director of the Rubber Manufacturers Association on the program about a week or so ago. And he was saying all the studies that they show uh, about 30% of the vehicles on the road either have a worn or 
underinflated tire. So uh, nearly one out of three cars on the road, there's there's something up with the tires anyway. So exactly. uh, just to, exactly. just to be aware, and, and he he echoed the same thing. You know, make sure you have a, a good tire pressure gauge. They're five or six dollars. You can. You can buy them anywhere. They're simple, easy to use. And folks like uh, we have a, a, a tire store in our area here, Sullivan Tire. They own about 50 tire stores. Great family-run business. And they'll do the same thing. You know, any customer or not, come on come on in. We'll check your tires. We'll inflate them properly and get you, get you on your way so at least you know that your tires are properly inflated. So it's all good common-sense stuff. And uh, the, book is, the book is called Roadside Survival. And where can people, Walt, where can people get the book? The, the title is Roadside Survival. And the, the subtitle is Low-Tech Solutions to Automobile Breakdowns. Uh, they can buy the book uh, on Amazon, at, right now only on Amazon, because uh, I'm working on getting it uh, published by another person, that'll another entity, uh, uh, Ingram, that'll print, that will facilitate getting it in stores on the shelves. But uh, I have a website called roadsidesurvival.com. If they go, if they go to that website, www.roadsidesurvival.com, there's information besides what's in the book about roadside survival, the subject, as well as a description of the book and how they can get a copy of the book if they want. All good stuff. And I was, I was just reading your background: uh, West Point graduate, Vietnam veteran, retired Army infantry lieutenant colonel. Uh, yes, sir. It sounds like. Uh, Quite, quite the background, and certainly uh, you took a hobby of uh, something you enjoy doing. You, 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 you became passionate about it, and great thing to see. And uh, uh, certainly, uh, thanks for putting the book together. And uh, I encourage people to uh, go out and go out and try to find it. And the website, your the web, your website again uh, is it's roadsidesurvival.com. Well, Walt, thank you very much, and uh, thank you for your service as well. Well, thank you very much. One thing on the. On, on the cover of the book is a picture of my daughter-in-law and my, my three of my grandchildren, and my and she and she is posing with a flat tire on my car on on, on the cell phone. But my my ten-year-old grandson, who's one of the kids on the on the cover of the book, saw a copy in my car and said, "Grandpa, can I have that book?" I said, "Sure." So he read it. A ten-year-old boy read the book and understands it. So it's not easy. It's it's got fifty-six uh, photographs, most of which I took with captions. It's about one hundred eight pages, and it's it's. I think people would be amazed at how simple and, uh, and uh, clear and concise the book is, yet it's a lot of stuff in there, which I think will make a big difference. Sounds like great stuff. Roadsidesurvival.com or go to Amazon and you can find the book there? Yes, sir. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Nice talking right. to you. All right. It's a pleasure talking to you as well, and have a great weekend. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. You're listening on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Why don't we take a break, pay some bills. If you would like to join us, our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And remember, this is the last weekend, or, well, I guess, before the before the beginning of June, uh, that you can enter to win the gift certificate to the In-Control Advanced Driver Training Program. So uh, if you haven't already done that, send me an email at jpaul at aaasne.com, and uh, we, we'll get you entered in a chance to win a gift certificate to In Control Advanced Driver Training. Great program. It'll teach you to be safe on the road behind the wheel. We'll be right back. Now getting caught meant getting fired, but I figured I'd have it all by the time I retired. I'd have me a car worth at least a hundred grand. 
I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. You'll know it's me when I come through your town. I'm going to ride around in style. WROL Boston. The mission of St. Agatha School in Milton is to teach as Jesus did, and that's what happens every day at St. Agatha School from K-1 through 8th grade. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Chuck Straven, a parent of four daughters and board member at St. Agatha, has to say. Excellence in education was our primary focus, but we also wanted to focus on a school or have them participate in a school where they received a strong moral, spiritual, and social foundation in addition to that academic foundation. St. Agatha this has been a great fit. It's challenged each of our girls in various ways to be the best that they can be. And as I look back now, with three daughters having graduated and one still there, it's been the best investment we've made in our children's future to date. It's obvious when you enter the school at St. Agatha's that the faculty and staff are fully vested in the future of our children, faith formation, social awareness, and helping the children just become responsible decision makers. Those are all parts of the St. Agatha experience that I'm not sure you'd find in public elementary schools. Call and learn more at 617 or visit stagathaparish.org. Quick, name the top mortgage lenders in Suffolk County. If you didn't include City of Boston Credit Union, the Boston Business Journal did. BBJ's December 2013 list of the largest mortgage originators in the area ranks City of Boston Credit Union 24th. Quite an accomplishment. From January through September, CBCU originated over $13 million in mortgages, including creative non-conventional home products like the 35-year fixed-rate mortgage. Not in the market for a new home but need to fix up yours? City of Boston Credit Union's unique home improvement loan gets you the funds for repairs or renovations without affecting the equity in your home. One of the oldest credit unions in the country, CBCU is proud of its century of service to those who live or work in Norfolk, or Suffolk counties, employees of the City of Boston or the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And MLS number 403469. For details, cityofbostoncu.com or 617-635-4545. You're listening to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. Um, we got an email from uh, our buddy Jay Davidson, who um, who is the supplier of 200-mile-an-hour wax. And he asked me to mention uh, State Rep. Ann Gobi. She is the... Uh, She's uh, from the Worcester area, but she's the new representative that works with SEMA, the Specialty Equipment Manufacturers Association. They are the people that help uh, with the old car hobby and get a variety of different things done. Uh, we've had we've had them on the show before, and uh, Ann Ann has uh, got a few bills that are uh, that she has sponsored recently, and but she sort of represents the old car hobby here in Massachusetts. So uh, if you uh, need to get some things done, she sounds like the person you need to get things done with. So thank you, Jay, for providing that information to us. And uh, it is getting to be car show season. In fact, it's getting to be the the fancy car show season. And coming up uh, before too long is the 19th annual Greenwich Concours d'Elegance, a festival of speed and style. And that will be held on uh, May 31st, 
and down in Greenwich, Connecticut. And this is a this is a pretty fancy this is a pretty fancy fancy place. And in fact, uh, uh, Edward Herman, I guess, will again be the judge, the chief judge. You know him from TV and commercials. He's a guy with the big voice, and uh, but he will he will be there and. Uh, and it's just it's just a fancy show. If you like to see the fancy, expensive cars, this is the place where you want to go down to Greenwich, Connecticut. And uh, it will be uh, on Saturday, the Greenwich Concours Americana will feature American cars from the 1990s to present. Bonham's Collector Motor Cars Auction Preview will take place all day Saturday and Sunday until noon. On Sunday, the Greenwich Concours International will be devoted solely to imports, sports, touring, and competition cars from 1900s to present. And the Bonham's Collector Motor Car Auction will begin at noon. On both days, many of the cars and motorcycles will be shown each day uh, will be... Um, I guess certainly on display, but uh, they're rare, limited production. Some are one-off vehicles when originally built for celebrated people, it says here. Uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a display of the former America's Cup uh, 12M uh, Clash Yachts. The admission, $30 for one day, $45 for both days. Kids 12 and under are free. And uh, the location is the Roger Sherman Baldwin Park that's on Arch Street in Greenwich, Connecticut. And... uh, you know, a little bit of a drive from this area, but uh, it's something you don't see very often, uh, this level of cars. This is probably the equivalent of um, here in this area. We had the Newport Concours d'Elegance for a few years in a row, and it's probably the equivalent of, of something like that. If you'd like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, see what's on your mind on this Saturday. Um, what's on Toyota's mind is a recall of almost half a million vehicles. Uh, Toyota is recalling 400,000 vehicles globally and most of them uh 460,500 are in North America for rust, corrosion and brake pedal problems. They had gas pedal problems, now they have brake pre- brake pedal problems. North America recall includes 10,500 uh, 2013 Lexus GS sedans in the United States and Canada, 450,000 2004 to 2011 Sienna minivans in colder climate salt belt regions, that's us. The recall Siennas are at risk uh, for common uh, corrosion of the spare tire assembly cable caused by faulty water splash protectors, which can stem from the uh, protector's placement or protectors coming loose from the vehicle without warning. The corrosion is caused by high concentrations of road salt, which reaches the spare tire assembly cable when these little splash protectors fail. Some of the recalled uh, Siennas were also involved in the 2000. 10 recall, which included the addition of water splash protector and anti-rust agents, undercoating, I guess. These vehicles may have insufficient rust protection. Toyota is not determined when owners of affected Siennas will be notified. Toyota spokesman uh, said they will uh, notify owners as soon as parts are available. The GS units are being recalled because the brake system incorrectly detects the brake pedal force problem stems from a manufacturing error at the company's plant in Japan. When brake pedal force is incorrectly detected, the vehicle may slow without warning and the brake lamps may not illuminate. Uh, Affected Lexus GS owners will be notified within the next month or so. There have been no accidents or injuries associated with the recalls, but uh, 466,000 vehicles. And uh, I wonder if the spare tires actually fall off. 
which is which is possible. And more and more recalls from General Motors. GM issues four more recalls covering 2.4 million vehicles. This includes brand new vehicles too. Um, the es- Escalade is one of. And uh, 2009 to 2014 crossovers, uh, General Motors is recalling 2.4 million U.S. cars, trucks, and SUVs in four separate safety recalls, raising its total recall for the year to more than 13.6 million vehicles. GM said today it expects to take a second quarter charge of about $400 million to cover the cost. The vehicles recalled uh, 1.3 million Buick Enclave Chevy Traverses, GMC Arcadia, large crossovers from 2009 to 2014, 2010 uh, and 2009 Saturn Outlooks because the front seatbelt cables can wear out over time and uh, separate, increasing the risk of a crash. In a stop sale notice sent out to dealers on Monday, GM said an inspection and repair process for the crossover is currently being developed. Parts needed to complete this repair are not available at this time. So if you have one of those vehicles, it will be recalled. They just don't have the parts for it yet. 1.1 million Chevy Malibus from 2004 to 2008 and Pontiac G6 sedans from 2005 to 2008 because of a shift cable in the four-speed automatic transmission can wear out, resulting in mismatches of the gear position indicated by the shift lever. In an expansion of the recall GM announced in April for 2007 to 2008 Saturn Aura sedans, which share a platform with the Malibu and the G6, GM said the transmission shift cable might fracture, which could prevent the driver from selecting a different gear, putting the car in park, or removing the key from the ignition. GM said, said it's aware of 18 crashes and one injury in crashes involving the Malibus and the G6s. It previously said it knows of 28 crashes and four injuries involving the Aura models. Still not done from GM, 1400 Cadillac Escalades. These are brand-new cars, an Escalade ESV, the long wheelbase uh, from 2015 that just went on sale last month are being recalled because of a problem with the passenger side airbag that could result in partial deployment and crash. GM said it's told dealers not to deliver the 2015 Escalades and has notified just the several hundred customers with overnight letters, uh, instructing them not to let anyone ride in the passenger seat until the vehicle has been serviced. GM says it's unaware of any problems. And there's also a few uh, Silverado HD pickup trucks, heavy-duty pickup trucks, and GMC Sierra heavy-duty full-size pickup trucks from the 2000 model year that also have a fire risk because of some retention cable clips attaching the truck's generator fuse block to the vehicle body can become loose and potentially lead to a fire. GM said it's unaware of related crashes, so lots of things. The uh, campaigns increased GM's count. Since January 1st to 29 recalls covering 13.6 million U.S. vehicles, although those figures uh, count some vehicles more than once because they're being recalled uh, back to fix multiple potential safety defects. Uh, included in the total of 2.6 million uh, Chevy Cobalt, Saturn Ions, and other small cars from mid uh, mid-2000s that were built with the faulty ignition switch, uh, which GM has uh, linked to 13 deaths. GM is expected to conclude within a few weeks the internal investigation into the handling of the problem. Last week, GM agreed to pay a maximum fine of $35 million to change its internal safety processes as part of a consent degree with NHTSA. GM has said it's implementing more rigorous safety approach to catch problems earlier and fix ones that have lingered on for years. It's kind of interesting with recalls because... 
it used to be, it seemed, or at least it seemed like it used to be, um, there were recalls, but they were, um, with all this news about recalls, when people have uh, uh, some sort of a problem with their cars today, it seems like the first thing everybody wants to do is have the car recalled because of a particular failure when sometimes it's just a part wears out. I was talking to somebody who was very disappointed with their 10-year-old uh, Toyota Camry because, I don't know, the air conditioner or something went bad on it, and they wanted to know whether it was a recall or not. Um, well, sometimes things just wear out, and it may not be uh, a recall at all. So just something something to be aware of, I suppose. And the other thing is we got a uh, kind of go along with Walt Brinker's uh, book. We got a list of 10 tools every home mechanic should have, and some of these to me, seem a little bit silly, but it says uh, taking care of your car, taking your car to a professional mechanic can end up costing you hundreds of dollars and eat away at your savings. Most people don't realize you can do repairs and maintenance uh, yourself, avoid unnecessary expenditures. The tool man, Chris Duke, an automotive improvement expert, which apparently is a registered trademark, automotive improvement. Uh, I never knew there was such a person, but uh, advises what tools you need in your toolbox to be an at-home mechanic. Everyone should know how to replace a tire, check your oil, but people don't realize how just how easy it is to fix simple problems with your car and save yourself a trip to the shop, affirms uh, Chris Duke, the automotive improvement expert. All you need is a little instruction and a chest with the necessary tools. Here are 10 suggested tools. An adjustable wrench, commonly referred to as a crescent wrench. Uh, which is the brand name, works in a pinch when you don't have a complete socket set. Usually, all it, to, in my opinion, usually what it really does is it works to round off nuts and bolts and, um, you know, maybe maybe handy for some things, but not most. Uh, standard and metric socket sets used for just about every job. Make sure you have the most complete set of sockets you can afford, along with a ratchet and small and long extensions. You don't need to get half-inch sockets unless your budget allows, but definitely pick up quarter-inch and three-eighths Socket sets, okay. Screwdrivers, one side fits all, doesn't work here because uh, you don't want to strip the heads of fasteners, get the most complete set of Phillips and flat-headed screwdrivers. Uh, to me, uh, get a good quality four-in-one screwdriver with removable tips, and I think you're probably in better shape than having a set of screwdrivers sometimes, especially if you're going to carry them with you. A cordless drill driver, nothing more time-consuming and frustrating than having to pick up a wrench. Buy a few socket adapters for your one-quarter and three-eighths-inch uh, sockets and use a cordless drill driver. Mm, maybe needle nose pliers uh, when you need to pick something up in a tight spot. Pry bars get a few different lengths. Having extra leverage is always a good idea when you can't get something to budge. A breaker bar, which is a long ex- uh, handle for your socket set, uh, sometimes it'll give you a little bit more force to be able to loosen a fastener. Torque wrench. Once you remove the parts, you want to make sure you get them back to the manufacturer's specification. This is a required tool for lug nuts. I like that Lisa said that because I think that is important to make sure lug nuts are tightened properly. Hammers, every tool chest should have a rubber mallet. It's the ultimate persuasion device, according to this guy. Uh, unless you're uh, a carpenter, a regular claw hammer won't do much. So keep that in the house for hanging your pictures. Get a ball-peen hammer, which is more applicable to automotive work. And work gloves, uh, get a pair that fits your hands right. They'll save you from bloody knuckles, torn skin, metal splinters, and so forth. Keeping those tools within reach, I, I don't know, probably a, a fairly handy uh, 
assortment of tools, but certainly you're not going to do a lot around your car with those. Uh, I think there's a lot more tools necessary, even for a, a home-based, uh, doing some home-based repairs. But some tips from uh, the automotive improvement expert. I guess. 617-770-3030 is our phone number. 617-770-3030 is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems. Phones are pretty quiet today. Why don't you give us a call at 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. It's my neighbor firing up his new zero turn mower. Smile on his face says he bought it at my Stranzi Brothers. For more than 50 years, my Stranzi Brothers has been supplying outdoor power equipment that makes yard beautification tasks and outdoor home chores much easier. They have the very best in lawn mowers, tractors, and zero turn mowers. My Stranzi Brothers makes your lawn equipment purchase an investment by maintaining a service capability and support attitude that is unmatched in the industry. They have quality parts and equipment with fast, friendly, courteous service. Pickup and delivery always free as long as you own the equipment you purchased at My Stranzi Brothers even after the warranty expires. So come to the store where your neighbor shops for power equipment. They service what they sell. Ask my neighbor. My Stranzi Brothers Beverly, exit 19, off Route 128, next to the North Shore Music Theater, 978-922-3509. My Stranzi Brothers Beverly. Hello, I'm Carol Howley-Simmons, account executive for WROL Irish 950. Our legendary Irish hit parade started on Saturdays in 1967, the year Kevin White first ran for mayor, the Red Sox ran to their impossible dream, and the Black Velvet Band ran up the Irish charts. Like many of you, I grew up hearing Irish 950 blaring from every home, backyard, and car around town. Today, Paul, Matt, Bill, and Seamus still play, as John Latchford would proudly shout, all the latest songs from the Republic of Ireland and the old Irish favorites. 46 years later, this historic Boston broadcast reaches over 6 million people, and our digital stream covers the world. I'd love to chat with you about how your organization can reach our highly engaged, loyal listeners. I can be reached anytime at 617-691-2526. WROL Irish 950 makes history every Irish weekend. Come make it with us. Now, let's get back to The Car Doctor. And welcome back to The Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, The Spirit of Boston. And uh, allergies are killing me today here, it seems like. Uh, but uh, if you would like to join us, 617-770-3030, 617 617- Seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's go over to line one and talk to Harry. Good morning, Harry. Hi. Good morning. Um, I have a, an unusual problem. Okay. Uh, we uh, replaced our rear windshield because the defroster wasn't working, and uh, as a result, the um, AM doesn't on our radio doesn't work if we put on the rear defroster. If you shut off the rear defroster, 
it works fine. That mm. doesn't occur on FM, but just on AM. What kind of car is it? It's a 2002 Honda Accord. Does it have a conventional uh, antenna, or is the... It's in the glass. It is in the glass, so it is yeah. it is part of the rear window defroster. Right. It, so- it sounds like there is just a, a defect in that rear window. Yeah, that whatever happens when they're when you power up that rear window defroster, it's using that same grid network for the uh, radio antenna, and it sounds like it's it's somehow feeding feeding back and and blocking the AM reception. Yeah, I don't know if it's worth replacing again. I you know I, I mentioned it to the um, you know the, the uh, last people. And they said, that's strange. We've never heard of that before. Uh, and you probably had trouble with your AM before that. So, uh, you know, I did bring it to my local mechanic, um, yeah. you know, complaining about the rear defroster. And he's, you know, he tried a few things and moved a few things around and he couldn't figure it out. So, um, you know, when in the end we had it replaced. Uh, this was during the, uh, you know, winter. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we needed that defroster. Right, absolutely. So it seems to me that, you know, if you didn't have it before and you do have it now, the only thing that makes sense is there's something wrong. There's something wrong with that that rear window defroster. And, uh, you know, short of something that they didn't do correctly, like separate where the, the connections for the rear window defroster and the... Um, radio antenna connections are or, or some something like that um it it has to be in that in that glass now i guess the answer is how much you know for the 10 minutes in the morning on a cold day can you live without am radio and then once the once the windshield once the rear window defrosts the frost you shut it off and it's okay but to me they they have to be connected together and they and the only thing that makes sense is that it is it is part of you know, part of that, part of that system. Now, um, it, it has to. There's a um, the way the way the system works. They can actually test it. So, I suppose with a um, an ohm meter, I suppose you could get out there and test it to see what happens and to see if when you turn that on, does it disconnect the does it does it shut down the antenna grid does it does it do something um it's just it's it's a it's a little bit of a weird one but um Mm -hmm. certainly it's the um i guess i'd want to want to look at where the connection is and and how it how it all works together so yeah Yeah, i don't know if it's worth the expense because yeah it's just a minor yeah i'm not sure either you know yeah Uh, can i I ask Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you on a different subject. Oh, but... sure. Go ahead. Yeah, I would. I would just look at. I would look at. You know how how. I guess I'd want to look at the connections and see. You know, just make sure that there. You know, is there a way? Can you isolate them off a little bit? Is there some something you can do? But to me, the the only answer is it's it's in that it's in that rear window. And like like I said, do you you know do you want to pull it all out and replace it? Um, I'm surprised they didn't offer to you know give it a try, but but I, I don't I don't think you, I don't think you had a problem with it was a, a bad you know a bad AM radio to start off with and replacing the 
replacing the window just brought it to your attention. I think I think it's in the window. So yeah. So um, yeah, I was a little disappointed yeah. that they didn't yeah. want to uh, yeah. you know, uh, look further into it. But yeah, on um, leasing cars, um, when you see these good deals in the paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they negotiable? In other words, can you negotiate down the lease price or negotiate what you put down uh, up front? Or to me, like um, they often want one hundred twenty-five dollars just for the plates, you know, for, mm-hmm. with the work with the registry. And I guess that's, you know, I can do that myself. If I'm willing yeah, to wait it, in the it, line a little it, bit. Yeah, it depends. Um, some some manufacturers will. You go in and you negotiate the price of the car, then you say, "I want to lease the car," and it and they're going to lease the car based on the amount that you would would have paid for the car. So in other words, if uh, you were going to pay $30,000 for a car, the lease would be based on a $30,000 purchase price. You negotiate that down to $26,000 and you would you would lease that car based on 26,000. Then there's leases that are actually um partially funded by the vehicle manufacturer and on those you don't have the same ability to negotiate so because the manufacturer is actually subventing the lease they're paying for part of the lease so it depends on who the manufacturer is and as far as some of those other fees documentation fee which is the one that kills me that's the one that's the the dealer uh charges of a flat fee to go do paperwork and what have you um there is actually a pending bill in the mass state legislature to limit that documentation fee to i think no more than $25 over the actual cost or something like that. Most of the time, the documentation fee, there's more profit in the documentation fee than there is um, in the car. And uh-huh. it's one of those things that it it technically isn't negotiable because what happens is if they don't charge me a documentation fee and they do charge you a documentation fee, um, it's, a, it's a kind of a, a prejudicial trade sort of thing so it you're you're treating customers differently so that's why they usually have those uh figures pre-priced on the on the uh uh-huh. on the on the purchase and sales or lease agreement so so what i tell people is you won't be able to uh eliminate the documentation fee but you it's not terribly unrealistic to say well take off that equivalent amount off the price of the car yeah, I see. You know, the, uh, and sometimes I'm, I'm becoming a fan of leasing. Uh, our other car is leased. Uh, the only thing that uh, is a curveball in the ointment is, um, you know, when you have a new car, the uh, excise tax hits you. you yeah. know, I like the idea of always being under warranty, not having any repair bills, and, uh, you know, the car loses value anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you get a good deal on a lease, sometimes I think that that's a good way to go. So, you know, our in our family, we try to have one old car as the second car. Mm-hmm. And that's the one we discussed earlier and, uh, you know, a new one that's uh, leased. But uh, I wish, uh, you know, my son lives in New York State and they don't have that excise tax. They've got other taxes. Yeah, they got other taxes. Yeah, well, uh, who who is the steel magnet Carnegie? Yeah. Uh, who said uh, lease uh, buy an appreciating asset and lease a depreciating de- depreciating asset? So, so in that case, uh, you know, 
there's uh, there's not a lot of cars that go up in price. So leasing isn't for everyone, but for some people it makes sense. Hey, Harry, we got to get going, but thanks right, for the call. Thanks, thanks a lot. All Have right. a great weekend. Bye-bye. You too. 617-770-3030 is our phone number, 617-770-3030. Let's see if Jerry's still there. Good yes, morning, Jerry. Hi, John Fowler. This, this is Jerry. How are you? Okay. I've got a cu- couple of kind of trivial questions. Uh, I purchased a, uh, a 2009 Cadillac DTS last August. Okay. And that's just a few things that kind of annoy me. Um, the blinkers, uh, the when they blink, the, the directionals, uh, they make an awful lot of noise. I find it really annoying. And I took it to the uh, Norwood Cadillac, and they said, well, that's what blinkers do. They make noise. And uh, as I was wondering if there's anything you'd do about that. Um, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only, only because you might be able to find where the sound's coming from and try to block it. But in a lot of cars today, it actually, some of the directional sound can even come through a little speaker. So, you know, short of trying to hunt down where the sound is coming from, it's not like old days where the blinker was a mechanical device that plugged into a fuse panel. Right. And that's what op- that's what kind of clicked and would make noise. And there was some there was some that were louder than others. In fact, I still get emails from people that will they'll, they'll say to me, "Is there a way to make my turn signals make more noise?" Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um on on yours, uh yeah, it's you know, they GM must have just decided that uh, they wanted it to be that way on purpose to try to alert people that it's going to make noise. I guess. Wow. Uh, all right. I kind of thought that might be the question. I have one other question. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on on the dashboard, I get a readout of uh, the tire pressure on all four tires. Mm-hmm. Well, they just seem to be way, uh, way, way out of line. Uh, they're not accurate at all. And uh, I had uh, the Cadillac dealer checked out while I was there, and uh, they said they re- recalibrated something, but they're still off but in a different direction. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> right. And so is that even worth my wasting my time to deal with that? I mean, they, they, they should have been able to set a base pressure, and then it kind of reads from there. Um, but it, at the end of the day, I would rather see you actually, unless the light is coming on, falsing, the light's coming on, giving you a false reading. No. I would, I would just rather check them with the tire pressure gauge once a month or so. Yeah, that's what I do. do. Yeah, that's the, best, that's the best thing to do. Okay, I told okay. you they were trivia. So, uh, All right. All right. You. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Uh, six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is our number. I believe we have Glenn on line three. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my wife had a, uh, just had her oil changed. Oh uh, seven uh, Camry four cylinder. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're recommending uh, engine oil pan reseal. It's eighty five thousand miles on the car. This seems kind of uh, odd to have to replace the seal. It does use oil. You know, I check it often in between uh, changes, and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to use the oil, you know, where it shouldn't uh, use it. And uh, I just noticed on the slip here that the, the, the cap recommends uh, 520, and I noticed, and this was a dealership, they they put in 530. Uh, I don't hmm. know if that has anything to do with it or not. Now, you said it's a 2007? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um... 
those those engines that they've been known to burn a little bit of oil. Okay. So I'm not I'm not all that terribly surprised you're you you're getting a little bit of oil use. And you're okay. right, the oil on that vehicle is supposed to be 520 or actually 020 in some cases in really cold weather. So um, going to a 530, you said they put 530 in? That's that's what it's showing on the uh, yeah. clip here. Yeah. yeah, and that, whether they actually put that in or not, yeah, or I whether know. someone put right. it in, with, with summer weather here, I'm really less concerned about that. Um, I would be, if we were going into winter, I'd yeah. want to make sure it was... You know, five twenty. Yeah. Okay. With the warmer weather, probably less less of a problem. As far as resealing the oil pan, do you get any kind of drips on the ground no. or anything? No. no. It, to me, that seems like a yeah. awfully, you know, kind of big repair for what they give you for a price to do the oil pan. Three sixty. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a that's about that's about what it would be. It's a really? it's a, it's well, it's a three hour job. So. Yeah, and and I got to tell you, and it may I don't want to I don't want to accuse them of you know looking yeah. for some work to do, but it could be some seepage around the pan, and they yeah. were looking for some work to do. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I would oh. just get a second opinion. I would keep an eye on it. If you start to see a drip on the ground, then I'd worry okay. about it. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Bye. 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 Now. We need to take a break and pay some bills, and uh, remember also that uh, AAA works hard to offer member savings both on and off the road, and here's a new way AAA can save you money. AAA now covers your bicycle. That's right. If you have bike trouble, just call AAA. Come to the rescue. Uh, if you're not a AAA member, join at AAA.com. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. This is Paul Sullivan. I can't imagine a tougher job today than managing your family finances. We're always trying to find ways to help you save. So once again, we are offering you a buy three, get the fourth tire absolutely free on all of our Goodyear tires in stock just in time for the road trip season. That's right, Paul. From now until June 15th, buy three, get one free on all in-stock Goodyear tires, plus additional manufacturer rebates on select Goodyear tires. The quality of Goodyear tires is why they're installed as original equipment on some of today's best-selling vehicles. And when it comes to service, no one can match Sullivan Tire and Auto Service. We've got the best technical team of ASE-certified pros keeping your car running right. Nobody can match our people, and we won't be beat on price. From our family to yours, have a safe and enjoyable holiday weekend. Thank you. Buy three Goodyear tires. Get the fourth one absolutely free. Now through June 15th. See SullivanTire.com for details. Marita here with Patty for an important reminder about the Women in Ministry brunch coming up, so get ready. Are you ready? Let's rock this thing. This Don't Miss event is Friday, June 13th at the Lantanas in Randolph. It's not too late to sign up. Now, Patty, remind our listeners who our guest speaker is. Marita, you're not going to believe this, but it's Liz Curtis Higgs. And let me tell you something, she is a hoot. My name is Lizzie. It's time to get busy. So this will be a ton of fun. I'm Liz Curtis Higgs, inviting you to join us 
Oh, now, ladies, I can help you register for this event. Call me, Patty, at 617-691-2530, and I will talk you through the registration process. It's very simple. Yeah, Patty is great, super friendly, and helpful. She'll get you registered in no time. Hmm, you're right, Marita. I am super friendly and helpful. The girls still got it. So, ladies, call me, Patty, at 617-691-2530. You really don't want to miss out on the Woman of Ministry brunch on June 13th at 10 in Randolph. I can't wait to talk to you. So, bottom line, women, sign up now. As for now, it's a wrap. Go ahead. You can clap. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Remember, you can always find us online at WROLradio.com. And you can find Car Doctor reruns, I guess, uh, on iTunes or uh, if you go to Podomatic and then just put in uh, my name, John Paul, or Car Doctor Radio or something like that. It'll pop up as well. But right now, let's talk to David. Good morning, David. Good morning, John. How are you? Good and you? Very well, thanks. Uh, just as an adjunct to the fellow with the... Uh uh, tire routine there, you know, mm-hmm. senders on the, and you go out and buy a uh, set for about $5 of little, uh, attachments to the top of your, uh, Schrader valve. Yep. And they come in different pressure readings. You walk around the car, if they're green, you're all set. And, uh, all this foolishness with these cars, frankly, uh, putting all this stuff and demanding it from the manufacturers in the beginning. Yeah. To, yeah. I was never a big fan of tire pressure monitors only because they didn't always work. So Right. It's yeah. like, uh, you know, it's, it's just foolishness on that. The basic question I've had for you, um, do you, are you having the ability today when you're going out to purchase a car to ask the dealer or never mind ask him and demand it before you buy the car that you can get access to all uh, service bulletins as well as their track record after a few years of what's going wrong with them? They must have all that information. They don't they want to sh- share it the way they used to years ago. That you could go at the paperwork. GM yeah, and all the rest of them had service bulletins on everything from the yeah, 30s and 40s. Yeah, they do. I mean, I have I have access to a lot of service bulletins, but I don't have every one from the vehicle manufacturers. I use a company called All Data. Uh, there's another company called. Uh, Mitchell uh, Mitchell manuals have been around for a long time. Chilton right. manuals yep. have been around for a long time. Uh, they all buy technical service bulletins from the vehicle manufacturers. In fact, um, that whole right to repair legislation that was passed a couple a year or so ago now, uh, it, it in essence says it will provide vehicle manufacturers need to provide the same level of information to an independent repair shop as it does to a dealership. And what that also means is they need to provide the same level of information to you, the car owner, if you want to buy the car. Now, it doesn't mean they'll do it for free. There will be a fee involved, but yeah. they, they they do need to provide it. Um, you know, I can, I can look up a car, and it might list 150 technical service bulletins. And some of them are, you know, they, it's a, it's the bulletin is a change of a paint code or, uh, sure. you know, right. some some wiring yeah. color Inoculous, change, right? Yeah. But as far as important things, and the other one is true recall information. Uh, you can go on the Department of Transportation National right. Highway Traffic no. Safety website. But as far as actual recalls 
or technical service bulletins or policy changes, which is important. That's sort of like a extended, you know, warranty framework where a particular part, maybe an air conditioner compressor that would normally be warrantied for 60,000 miles, they might bump it to 100,000 miles because there was some failure rate on it or something. So, right. That's yeah. my point, yeah. you know, to have some yeah. access to what's behind the scenes on these yep. people today. Yeah, and uh, for, you know, for, uh, for uh, do-it-yourselfers, there's actually a, an all-data uh, version where you can go in and you can uh, you can get it for a specific car. So you can actually uh, get some of the information, yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate just having okay. that information. Mitchell and all data. Mitchell and all data, yep. Very good. Okay, good enough. It. Take yeah, care. Bye-bye yep. You as well. Well, we are just about out of time, and our buddy Paul Sullivan is right there with the best in Irish music coming up. Good morning, Paul. You're not just about out of time. You're plum out of time. I, I got I got 40 seconds left. Come on. 40, okay, good thing you're counting because I'm All right. How's it going down there? It's uh, it's uh, cloudy and overcast. Uh, for if people didn't figure it out, I'm actually broadcasting from the Cape today, so I'm um, I'm hiding at my kitchen table. So, well, when you weren't here, I said to Marita, "Cape or tape?" Never tape. Never tape. Never tape. Never tape. Never Memorex. Mm-mm. Well, you sound Always great. Live. Sound right. good. Well, now you can you. go out and go swimming. I, I well, maybe not yet, but maybe <laughs> you never know. Uh, Best in Irish Music with Paul Sullivan and the Irish Hit Parade coming up next. Uh, until next weekend, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, but be good to your car, and uh, think about the real meaning of Memorial Day. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.